Hello and welcome to the Beginners Elite Sarian Pod with myself, Heskibo. Apologies that it's been a few weeks since the last episode. A few things came up that just meant life was pretty busy for, for a while, so I haven't had time to record. Uh, but I'm recording an episode now and hopefully we'll be back in the weekly schedule from now on. Um, no promises, but that's what I am aiming for. It seems a good moment to jump back into the conversation because it's a pivot moment in the season. We've just had uh, most of game week 20, uh, just one game left, and that was the last double game week of the season, as far as we're aware, unless something totally out of the blue happens in the remaining 10 game weeks. Uh, and game week 19 was the last blank game week that we're expecting as well. So for a lot of people, those two game weeks and uh, how to navigate that had formed a key part of the strategic thinking around the game, whether it was kind of buying players in and then benching them, whether it was saving free transfers to attack game with 20, whether it was using chips, whether it was taking hits, whatever it may be. Yeah. In my own situation, uh, I still had my rich uncle chip um, because I navigated earlier in the season uh, the big double game week seven. I, I chose to go down the attack attack route when I think a lot of people used their rich uncle then. It meant that I still had my rich uncle in hand, so I decided to use that as my way of navigating game week 20. It meant that I didn't need to, to worry about uh, buying in Stromsgod set or Stabek players in advance. I didn't need to uh, worry about um, having players that I needed to bench through a blank in game week 19. And it meant I could hit game week 20 hard and get a lot of players in who had a double. And, and since I had a rich uncle available, I thought I might as well go all out and get six players who double in three from each team. So that's the way I approached the game week. Uh, it went really well for me. Um, I'm on 83 points as things stand. Uh, game week rank of 124. And it gave me a big old green arrow um, from uh, 300 and, I think it was 393, somewhere around there, uh, and now I'm up to 127. So it has to go down as a successful use of a chip. Um, probably the main thing about it that worked well for me was my choice of double defence for both Stromsgodse or, or Stabek. And my reasoning was the clean sheets this season have been quite hard to predict. Um, I know a lot of people went for, for Rosenberg defenders, and I get it, I was looking at it myself. They had what seemed like on paper um, the most likely clean sheet there, but I've just noticed those clean sheets that look likely don't always seem to happen. They just kind of come up in games that we don't always expect. So I thought, why not just have uh, two rolls of the dice for each of my defenders? So from Strumsgard set, I took Valsvik and Vilsvik, and uh, obviously the clean sheet for both, but Valsvik also turning up with the goal, and then Wangberg and Sandberg from Stabek. So clean sheets all round, and that came out uh, better than I ever expected. I mean, to be honest, if the game later, the, the double game week fixture for them both ends up nil-nil, then I would be absolutely laughing with this approach. Um, also decided to go with Fred Friday. Um, he's not a player that I'm particularly fond of. Uh, I know he's quite a popular fantasy option, but I've tended to avoid him where I can. I think he's perhaps a little bit overrated as a fantasy player. But given that he had the two games, and given that Hove and Edvardson were out, the, the captaincy options had just pretty much dwindled down to, to only really Friday as a viable captaincy option. So I, I thought I'll just cover that one off. I'll get Friday in, I'll stick the armband on him. Um, got an assist in the first game, another game to come, that's absolutely fine. And then decided um, I'd just 
stick with Uhi and Lenny Olsen up front, two of the uh, best strikers of the season, both with favourable home games, and they each got a goal absolutely solid. Um, in midfield, I, I used my final Stabex spot on Norman Hansen. Um, I mean, Everton was the one I wanted, but he was out injured. Um, Norman Hansen, I thought he'll do. Let's see what he can do. Got three points, not great, but another fixture to come. If he plays at least, that puts him up to five. And um, yeah, maybe there'll be some kind of attacking return for him in it. Um, what with Pellegrino, I just. Um, he's, he's so good isn't he and I just felt daft to, to bet against him so he, he blanked just a three pointer from him um, will end up as the, the lowest pointer, lowest point scorer uh, in my team because uh, obviously Norman Hansen's got the other fixture and everybody else for me returned um, Ikram I went for, I, I was going to go Saltness and then I thought you know what let's just do something a bit different, let's go Ikram uh, he's got a game against Viking who've conceded a lot of goals this season and because Ikram got an assist and then got the three bonus, um, he just managed to scrape ahead of Saltmas. So that decision was vindicated by a point. And then I went Vecchia for, for the last spot. And I mentioned Rosenberg having such a good fixture. And uh, Vecchia seems to be the main man for them as an attacking option now. So uh, he felt like quite an easy pick in there. And he rewarded me with the 15-point haul. Uh, in that game, so really delighted with that. Got himself a brace and maximum bonus points. So really good use of Rich Uncle uh, from myself, and um, it's put my uh, target of the the top 100 uh, well within reach now. And hopefully, if that second fixture this week goes well, I'll be getting even closer to that, or or maybe even tip over into a, a double figure rank. But I'm not getting ahead of myself. There's still a long way to go. But that's what's happened. Um, this seems to be a pivot moment in the season now. We're no longer thinking about how to navigate blanks and doubles. It's just straightforward. Ten fixtures left for each team. Let's play what's before us and let's see how much we can gain. And this seems to be a moment now that a lot of people are thinking about using the second wildcard. Now, I know some have used it already and um, if you're in that situation then uh, obviously it's a case of navigating as best you can with free transfers trying to move your team um, in the kind of direction we'll talk about even as we talk about wild cards because uh, it's the same players that everyone will want it's just if you've got a wild card it's easier to to get them in quickly but uh, if you're not on wild card you're probably still wanting to look at uh, some of these same options uh, as to how you move your team forward but it seems like for, for most who still have the wild card left now seems to be the moment people are looking at using it and um, I still have mine left and I'm thinking the same way I'm thinking this is wild card week for me as well um <clears throat> there, there are some fixture turns for some key teams um Viking in particular one I'll come on to them uh, in a little bit but they seem to be a team that uh, really do have a lovely run going forwards um and worth targeting. Also, uh, teams um, who we have had quite a lot of investment in coming into worse fixtures. And again, I'll mention one of those uh, in a bit. Also, I have some new players emerging. I just talked about Vecchia from my rich uncle. He's a player that's caught the eye of quite a lot of people. Um, and certain injuries as well to different players uh, has meant it just seems a time for a bit of a refresh. A new template looks like it's about to form. And if you've got the wild card, it means you can get on that early while others are scrabbling about trying to 
play catch up and, and eventually land on something similar to what uh, wildcarders have got to in one jump. So uh, what I'm going to do is just spend a few minutes talking about uh, some of the questions that I'm asking around what I do with wildcard. I'm not here to present my answers to those questions, although I do have a few early thoughts. So these are questions that are by no means fully resolved in my head. I'm still mulling them over. So uh, this isn't, um, here's what my wildcard team will be. Uh, it's more, here are some of the big questions that, that go into it. But hopefully just talking about them will help you as well as you're thinking what to do with your wildcard. And I want to start with what I'm calling the core three, because I think there are three players who are in most people's team currently who will stay in most people's team uh, once they've wildcarded. And uh, that's Uhi, it's Pellegrino, and it's Lenny Olsen. So three pretty expensive options. Um, but I think in the case of any of them, uh, the ownership is high and they're delivering and they're showing why the ownership is high week after week after week. If you decide to go against any of them, you're, you're exposing yourself to a lot of risk. And uh, now obviously that will pay off if you can get someone instead of them who, who does better. But it doesn't really look like there are players out there who are doing better than these three players. I mean, Uhi and Lenny Olsen are the two top scoring players in the game by miles, 141 and 140 points. And it's a, a jump down to 115 for the third highest scoring player so these two are away Lenny Olsen has got 18 goals so far in his last 18 games couple of assists as well um Uhi got 21 goals over the season and an assist they just don't stop scoring and so uh for me there's no kind of trying to be clever uh with, with these and oh I, I wonder if I go without one of these players Pellegrino obviously his total points for the season isn't as high as, as the other guys, but that's because he's only just joined the league. But, um, you know, he's played uh, five games and one of those he only came on a sub. So four starts and one sub appearance. And he's already got 43 points. Again, I don't think it's one to uh, to try and do too much with. He's he's brilliant. He's a main man there at Budaglimt. Ooh, he's a main man at Mulder. They're the two best teams and it just seems worth having them. And Lenny Olsen, a little bit cheaper and doing the business so for me those three are kind of the non-negotiables and then what do we do around that is the question um and i think there are two teams that it's worth just reflecting on a little bit and one of them is budaglim because since pellegrino has come back into the budaglim team it looks like they've got their mojo back a bit and um seem to be really doing the business again so you know, they're on a run of four wins and a draw in their last five games. And some of their other premiums who had been looking a bit shaky and we were thinking, you know, we can do without them. Well, now they're coming back into their own. And the last four games, for instance, Saltness has got three goals and an assist. So he's been getting a return every game. Botheim looks like he's doing the business as well. He, in the last couple of games, has scored in both. He got an assist as well in the one before. So uh, one question to ask is, does Budaglimt are really stepping it up? And um, as they've got nice fixtures as well, Stabek and Sarpsburg 08, Strom's got set in the next three, then, then it's Mulder, then it's Sanderfjord and Hawks. It's a nice run for them. They look like they're doing the business. They look like they're back to the best. Is double Budaglimt premium the way to go and if so who is the the second guy to get alongside Pellegrino is it Saltness or is it Botheim or or maybe you go different and try Solbakken as well he's still 
an option. But that's definitely something worth considering. And the other team, though, uh, to look at is Viking. Um, now, Viking, they just have a glorious run of fixtures between now and the end of the season. So, Sanderfjord, Strums Godser, Lillestrøm, Brand, Sarpsborg away, Mjondland, Horgerson, Christensen, Odd and Tromsø. So, no seemingly on paper difficult games at all. It's just kind of plain sailing the whole way. Um, and so, for that reason, I know some people, as they're looking at their wildcards, are, are wanting to get as much Viking in as possible. Like, is it a team to triple up on is it a team to double up on uh, certainly want some investment in viking and yeah i feel the same way i want some viking in my team um i do have a, a sense with viking uh, that they're a team that i don't fully trust as a fantasy option um, i'd compare them to a bit like everton in um fantasy premier league when they have a nice run they tempt you into uh, spending a lot of money on their players and they don't always come good in the fixtures that you think they're going to they sometimes lose games you're not expecting them to other times they win games that uh, you've written them off and you think they're going to lose so they are a bit unpredictable and i'm a little bit wary about spending too much money on viking assets but they're well in my consideration and, and on the premium level obviously Barisha but uh, Tripic is another one who's been doing uh, pretty well of late and, and is can ask him to be considered in our teams and then there are some cheaper options as well Nilsson Tanger and uh, Bell in the midfield maybe even uh, investing defensively in Viking as well but <coughs> Viking uh, and Budiglund seem to me the teams that we need to make our mind upon a little bit and it's slightly um, kind of competing against each other because the more we invest in Viking say the harder it would be to get that second Budiglund premium uh, whereas if we wanted to go with say Saltness and Pellegrino or Botheim and Pellegrino. It's going to be really difficult then to get Berisha or even to get Trippich in the team as well. So these factors are competing with each other. And also competing with them are other players who've really been delivering lately and have shown in the last few games a you know, high level of um, form, uh, if you want to call it that, or um, performance level that is worth getting our attention and um, just a few names who've been doing that and Vecchia is certainly one that stands out you know his last five games he's got um, what's that 53 points over five games so uh, got three braces uh, another game where he, he came on a sub and scored um, and then one blank in there so really uh, very good seven goals in his last five games seems to be a main man there at Rosenberg, uh, who do have a nice fixture run uh, for a little while. Now, in game in 27 and 28, they'll have Muldron and Budaglint, but before that, their run is all right. Christensen, Valerenga, Sanderfjord, Horgerson, Lillestrøm and Bram. So it's not, not too bad for a little while. So Vecchia, uh, certainly one to consider who's been performing. Um, as has Svensson at odd, I think he's um, worth having on a shortlist and considering as well. He's got, uh, in his last... Um, well, the three games since he came back and the one game um, before he left odd before. Um, so four games there and he's got five goals in that time and um, it's looking good. So uh, another one to consider, slightly cheaper than the likes of Vecchia and Tripic. Um, and and Bjordal has been doing it as well. He's become the penalty taker now for Valerenga. Uh, and in his last um, six games, he's got three double-digit 
Hall's in there. So, um, you know, he's announcing himself as uh, an option definitely worth considering. Disappointing start to the season. Um, I actually had him in my game with one team. Sold him after he didn't do the business for a while. But he seems to be stepping up to be a main player there at Valerenga. Um, and also Hegebo at Bran, who is a cheap striker, but has been um, showing the performance that you'd expect from a much more expensive striker. So he's got um, six attacking returns in his last six games for Bran. And um, as a striker, priced 6.1 million. He could be a great enabling option, actually. If you go with um, Hegebo and two premium strikers, it could allow you to load up in the midfield. So uh, these are some of the players who uh, are announcing themselves as contenders, along with these Viking options, along with these Budaglimt options to form the new template that will that will be there. Um, and then on the flip side of that, I think for the, for the last kind of chunk of the season, Sanderfjord have been playing quite a big part in our teams. And um, a lot of it was built around the midfield double up of Norman Hansen and Jonsson. Well, Norman Hansen's injured and it sounds like he'll be injured for at least a couple more weeks. So if you're still holding on to Norman Hansen, I think that's an obvious sell. Um, also, Wembangomo is a player that I've talked about a lot that um, you know I like that uh, a lot of people have owned, but again, he's injured, and so um, I think he's a, a sell if you have Wembangomo as well. Um, which just really leaves um, Vida Arianson, who is a player who's great value. You know, he's a cheap enabling midfielder. He's five point eight now, but a lot of people got on him. You know, when it was cheaper, got on him at. 5.2, 5.3 million, eight goals for the season, three assists for the season. So, you know, he's a player that you, you could definitely keep. Uh, I, I wonder that, I don't know whether I'm going to keep him or not. Sanderfjord are not looking good to me. Um, they just lost 3 0 at home to Stabek. That's a, a terrible result. Game 17, they lost 5 0 against Sarpsborg 08. So, when you're getting results like that against some of the worst teams, they lost to Bram as well recently. So other teams were in the relegation scrap. They only drew at home against Trumzo. They drew away against Mjondel and they're not looking like the team they did earlier in the season. Now, interspersed in that was a 3-0 home win against Valorega, which is a great result, but they've been playing these weak teams and haven't been looking great at all. Um, like Jonsson himself, he had a great run of scores kind of up until a few weeks ago, but his last uh, four game weeks he's got two one-pointers he's got a two-pointer and he's got an 11-pointer which is admittedly uh, pretty good but even so that makes his average now less than four points a game over that whole run of four pretty favorable fixtures so I'm questioning whether I keep him or not and coupled with that is the fact that their fixture run isn't great they've got Viking and Arda then Rosenborg, Strumsgardstadt, Budaglimt and Mulder so I think if I kept him I'd be feeling like with the way that they're playing and also the fixtures that they've got I'd be finding myself increasingly uh, wanting to bench him and if I'm trying to invest in some of these other premiums whether I've got enough bench cover to do that I don't know. So that's an open question in my mind, and I would suggest if you're if you are wildcarding yourself, I wouldn't just assume that the Sanderfield guys you've had uh, just carry forward with them. I think it is a live question. Do I think that these guys will sustain the levels they've been playing at? If I don't think they'll sustain it, do I still think they offer value at their price? Or is there value to be found elsewhere that might uh, outperform them in the cheaper range? So it's a question worth asking, and it's one that I'm asking. And then a final 
question around wildcard is just what to do defensively. Um, the clean sheets have been so all over the place recently. So just looking at the last two game weeks and game week 19, there were no clean sheets at all for any team. Game week 20, there were three and it was uh, Budaglint, which you might predict. Uh, it was Strom's good set and it was Stabek. And it just seems random. And when you've got defenders that are quite expensive that people have invested in, so I'm thinking like Borchgraving, who early in the season, he looked dynamite. Like He looked like such a, a good pick who was getting attacking returns all over the place and uh, just looked brilliant. Well, you know, since game week, from game week 11 to game week 20, uh, Borch has got 2-1-0, didn't play, 2-2-1, Two, two. So anyone who jumped off him uh, after his uh, back-to-back hauls in game weeks 9 and 10 would be absolutely laughing because um, you know he's not done anything since. And you've got the, the Mulder fullbacks like Horgan and uh, Linners. Again, they're, they're expensive and they, they look like they offer this potential, but you know, are they really delivering on it? Um, Bjorken had a good game for, for Budaglimp this this past game week, you know, he got a nine pointer and he, he really did threaten, but before that, he got a two and a two and a one. So it is worth asking with these players is it worth investing this extra money in uh, these defenders, or can we find defenders who are cheaper who might still be able to offer us some good points? And if we can find the cheaper defenders who can rival these good defenders, is that the way to get more premiums or more of these expensive, attractive options for us? further forward so that's another thing that I'm mulling over how much money am I willing to take out of defense and um, I'm almost certainly going to make my defense cheaper than it is I've currently got two premium defenders in there and haven't been getting the rewards for it Uh, but just how much cheaper am I willing to go is another thing that that I'm thinking about and also with the bench how how much cheaper am, am I willing to make my bench you know knowing that you know I'm not gonna have blanks that it needs to see me through am I willing to write off a dead spot on the bench again um, do I want good playing options as my first and second sub, or will a 4.4 million midfielder who's just a, a two-point merchant do the trick for me? Again, these are questions that I'm wrestling with, because the more cheap I'm willing to go in my defence and on my bench, then the more money I've got to play with for some of these uh, other starting spots in my team. So, um, yeah, these are just some uh, mullins that I'm I'm doing as I'm trying to put together my wildcard team. Um, I asked on Twitter if anyone had questions and uh, you know a few people responded. So uh, I think some of them are around things we've already talked about. But let me just kind of read through the questions and um, share any thoughts that haven't come up yet as well. So yeah, Barracuda, um, it's a wildcard in one, uh, but he's saying, is the former midfield template dead with only Pelly and a four and a half slash five million player? staying um yeah probably i I think it it is um i mean certainly uh, i think pelly is worth keeping Uh, i I think um johnson is one to make your mind up but i I do think a lot will come off him on wildcard now um so yeah um in that respect it might be because other players that were popular berg was popular norman hansen was popular um I think these guys will be gone. Um, and yes, somewhat, someone around the 4.5 to 5 million range, with whether that's a Mickelson, whether it's a Nielsen Tangen, someone like that probably will be in there. Um, so yeah, I think you're right that the midfield template is gone. And my tips for the de- defenders, do we go big with Buda Glimt or do we buy goal scorers? Um, 
Yeah, I, I'm thinking taking money out of defence. Um, so, yeah, the big Buda Glimp ones, Bjorken and Samstead, probably are a bit too pricey for me. Cheap players who can get attacking returns and might get the occasional clean sheet, I think, a gold dust. Um, Valsvik and Strand Nielsen are interesting because they're in that sort of middle-priced range, um, which I might be able to stretch to someone in that range. So, yeah, they are worth considering, I think. But across the defence as a whole, I think it's a case of just bringing the whole thing down in price a bit. Um, yeah, Evan Scaholan and um, Andy Martin backing it up are asking about the optimal wildcard team. And I mean, to be honest, I don't think I've got clarity in my head of exactly what the optimal team is. Um, so I don't know for sure. Uh, but the rough shape of it that I'm thinking is Uhi, Lenny Olsen and Barisha up front. Um, in midfield, Pellegrino and then one of the sort of nine point something million mids, probably Vecchia. Um, but yeah, maybe Tripic is the way to go there. Uh, and then um, looking at perhaps a, a mid-priced and two cheapy mids and then a cheapish defence. So something like that is the shape that's forming in my mind and hopefully as the week goes on that will just consolidate a little bit more uh, and uh, you know I can form that into an exact team um Dr Amir Ragab is asking can we trust Vecchia now um I think we can you know I, I really like him I think he's a brilliant player he's been doing the business um yeah I, I, I like the look of him and I think he probably in my mind is the best in that price range even over your trip pitch and your your soul back and type. So I think that's probably what I will do. Um, FPL Renee is asking, can we trust any defences for clean sheets? I think the answer to that is no. I think clean sheets in this league are a lottery and I would much rather be buying defenders who have lots of routes to points, who they might get a clean sheet, they might get an assist, they might get a goal, they might get some bonus points. Um, I think relying on clean sheets, I just don't think there's anywhere we can trust for them obviously the teams near the top are slightly more likely your Budaglimps, your Mulders, your, your Rosenbos but yeah no I don't think anyone is reliable uh, for clean sheets David Strobs asking my thoughts on the best defenders on wildcard for under 5 million I think this is a really good question because uh, if we are talking about taking money out of defence then who do we actually pick in that cheaper range so um, yeah I'll give you a few thoughts um Let's start by talking about Strom's God set because um, the fullbacks at Strom's God set are both pretty cheap. Vilsvik has got like insane underlying numbers for uh, expected assists, 4.7 million. I think if we're talking about players with multiple routes to points, that he could be a great pick. A par, even cheaper, 4.4 million. His numbers aren't far behind Vilsvik, so also a very solid pick if you're uh, looking at uh, someone who can deliver in different ways. I think that could be. Uh, a good use of money as a as a cheaper defender. Um, Trumza have got a uh, player called Vesterland who's been playing wing back, who's uh, scored in the last two games. Now, uh, I, I don't know exactly how nailed on he is. I know Nielsen's injured, so that will make a difference when he comes back. So Vesterland might be a short-term pick, but he's shown he has attacking threat. And um, yeah, they've got a nice run of fixtures in the next four. They've got three nice home games. Um, now, Mulder away is not easy, so you'd probably want to bench him for that one. But Horgerson at home, Mjondland at home and Odd at home are good fixtures there. So that could be one worth looking at. Um, also, I think Lillestrøm are well worth looking at if we're in the market for cheap defenders. Um, 
I think my preference is Dragsness. Now he's out playing wing back. Um, so he'd be my ideal Lewiston pick, I think, at 4.9 million. But if you're looking to save a bit of money, Pettersson, um, centre back for them, uh, who's actually done pretty well, got a couple of goals and an assist in the time he's been there for 4.6. That's uh, a good value purchase there at Lillestrom as well. Um, or if you're looking for someone um, who might have a little bit more clean sheet potential, then there's the Budaglimp centre-backs, both 4.9 million, um, Lode and Moe. Like both of those guys are, are decent. Um, Weinberg, 4.4 million at Stabek is worth looking at as well. Um, I think if you're going under 5 million, uh, all I'm really looking at is, you know, who's going to play? Do they have a bit of attacking threat? And do they have fixtures that I'm happy to play them in? And, you know, if I tick some of those boxes, then there's a sense of they'll do when we're talking about this price. They're not the premiums. They're not going to be kind of delivery like um, Bjorken or Borchgravink, but... You know, we, we've not gone for the premiums for a reason. But there, there are some names, hopefully, uh, to help you out. Um, and that probably answers the next question as well from uh, Robbie Bajazzo, who's asking for the best replacement for for Bryce. Um, obviously, talking about Bryce Wembangomo. Um, yeah, so any of the names I've just shouted out for, for David's question there, um, you know, I think they could do the job absolutely fine. Um, Simon Eisentrager is asking for the best Friday replacement apart from Uhi or Lenny Olsen, uh, whether I'd rate Vecchia higher or lower than them. Um, I reckon it's Berisha. I think with the fixtures that Viking are coming into, um, I think he's the guy to go to. And, you know, he's done well so far this season. Um, you know, he's got 13 goals and six assists. Um, also missed a couple of games through injury, so yeah, I think Barisha is your man. Um, I do rate him higher than, than Vecchia, and I would prioritise getting him. Um, that said, I would then put Vecchia next. So it'd go Barisha, Vecchia, and then all the other striker options um, in, in the way I would consider it. So yeah, if you're thinking about someone else, then um, Vecchia would jump above them for me. Billy Hadaway is asking about the best and worst fixture runs to target for the final part of the season. I mean, the one I picked out there was um, Viking. I think it's a great run of fixtures. Um, yeah, I really like that. Um, also think that once um, this week's out of the way, um, then I'd come into some nice fixtures. They they have Mulder this week. So yeah, the run I'm talking about starts in 22. Uh, but after that, Sanderfjord, Bran, Tromso, Mjondelen, Christensen, Salzburg 08, Valerenga, Viking and Stabek. That's a good run, I think. Um terms of difficult runs, yeah, I'm not a fan of Sanderfjord's run at all. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm talking about jumping off some of their players. Um, I'm sure there's some other fixture runs that I've not picked up on here because I've not done a, a deep dive into the fixtures um, at all, really, lately. So, um, yeah, uh, hopefully in future episodes I'll have something more to say on that if I've looked at them for, for all the teams. But, yeah, that's some of the ones that I've noticed. Um, FPL Kid is asking... Um, any players of getting on a wild card I think we've covered a lot of that in the episode and similar to FPL wannabe asking for must own players and uh, FPL Napoleon is asking what's the ideal game week to wild card between now and the end of the season it's always a question that is team dependent um, but I think now I think the, the picture's changing a bit the template's shifting I'm not sure I see a, a term later in the season 
that looks better suited to it. So I'd use it now unless your team is pretty close to what you would want to wildcard to. And if that is the case, then yeah, just save it until uh, you can see quite a few changes you want to make. Um, finally, Finn Olaf Hager is asking to pick the right two of Berisha, Saltness and Vecchi. Uh, that is the conundrum, isn't it? And I'd add Trippich to that as well. Two from those four seems to be the question that most wildcarders will have to make, have to decide the answer to. I, I don't think it's clear-cut at all. Um, yeah, I think, I think for me, Berisha is the one who's pretty locked in my thinking. And then one from the other three, Saltness, Vecchia and Trippich. And my gut at the moment is Vecchia, but I'm not I'm not set at all. Um, could well change before the deadline. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I'm thinking of wildcard at the moment. And I hope I've covered your questions on there. Um, we've got the next game week this coming Saturday. Deadline's 4pm UK time. I think, um, yeah, should be a good one. Some interesting captaincy options. I think for those who are, who are jumping on Viking assets, I think captaining... Berisha, or, or maybe even Trippich, but certainly Berisha at home against Sanderfjord seems viable. Um, but Budaglimter away at Stabek, I mean, captain in Pellegrino or Saltness is also pretty viable. Um, I think probably between those two, isn't it? And um, maybe you could go with a Mulder asset away at Odd, but I think, yeah, Viking or Budaglimter for the captaincy. Um, but yeah, good luck everyone. I hope you have a, a good wild card if you're on it. Or uh, if not, I hope you, your team's looking in a decent shape. And all the best for Game Week 21. See you next time. Bye.